Hello, everyone. Hello, this is Crypto J, and you're looking at the 36 Chambers of Crypto Tax Podcast. I know what you're thinking. You're like, you know what? Is he going to talk about taxes in every episode? No, because I'm a tax accountant and I don't want to hear about taxes all the time. So listen, guys. So some of them is going to be about taxes and a lot of them is just getting in the community of blockchain and cryptocurrency and just figuring out why should we know about certain things? Because I, yeah, I call myself Crypto J, but I know about crypto taxes. I don't know about all that technical mumble jumble stuff, but I'm very much interested in it. And I only have people that I trust that will give us honest, blunt, um, real information. And I'm going to sell you a dream or anything like that. And we're just going to make it happen. So listen, guys, if you're looking at YouTube, you're going to be like, Jamal, you did not change your clothes. It's the same type of thing that you spoke with them. So as a disclaimer, this is our second interview, and we just knocking them out back to back. And I am too lazy to change my shirt. So I'm wearing the same shirt. Nicole's wearing the same thing. Corey got the same thing. He still doesn't have his video on. And this is part two. And we're going to have an interesting conversation that's going to talk about cultural, the mixture of cultural and crypto. All right. So Nicole, Corey, please introduce yourself and your company. Hey, so... Um... Thank you, Jamal, for having us on. Really appreciate it. My name is Corey. I am the CEO of Greenfire. Um, and I'm glad to be here. Hi. Hi, everyone. My name is Nicole. I'm the COO. And um, I'm really excited to be here. Unfortunately, our CTO, Uzma, was unable to join. But um, yeah, we represent Greenfire. So thanks for having us, Jamal, again. And in our last um, episode, the first one, and this is basically the, the thing, because we're going to do a lot more, guys. And with them, I say, you know what? I just want to have real talk with y'all. So it's basically real talk of the founders of um, Greenfire Inc. And it's, it's not going to be no rhyme or reason to it. So I don't even try to figure out what's going on. But listen, guys, what you're, you're going to learn stuff. And I think for this episode, I really want to talk about the culture of uh, crypto. And I'm unapologetically Black, you know? And you can't you can't get me mixed. I'm not like light skin. I'm not high yellow. I'm like dark skin black. So I'm unapologetic black. So I, I definitely want to see. I want to see all races, all genders, all ages benefit from blockchain. I got my shirt, blockchain for the people, and I really mean that. Um, however, you know, I could only kind of talk about what's going on in our communities, and I just see certain things that it kind of worries me, especially being a tax accountant, and I never give tips on the latest and greatest crypto um I, I don't get recommendations but i just like to keep people safe i feel like my role in this crypto ecosystem is to make sure that people save become a bitcoin billionaire millionaire but don't have the irs take it all from you all right don't make a million in crypto but owe the government a billion because that could happen and a lot of times people say oh the government's not going to see me because i'm anonymous and blah, 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 blah. These exchanges, let's keep it real, people. These exchanges are going to snitch on you. If you think they don't have your information and when the government comes down on them, they're going to be like, ooh, I like Nicole. Let me not snitch on Nicole. They drop Nicole name like, yo, she's making his money. Go get her. So that's why I'm very passionate about just introducing you to people that really know what they're talking about, especially when it comes to your safety. And when it comes to crypto on my end, it's all about saving y'all. So with this metaverse, guys, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like fascinated about it. Like, how do you see, like, do you see our community benefiting from this metaverse type stuff? 
What do you think about that? Well, it's funny. Um, I'll just start off because Corey and I were, were kind of talking about this the other day. They're already grooming our kids for it. I mean, if your children are playing Roblox at all or anything like that, which my daughter is very excited and passionate about um, playing and giving her Robux to um, participate in the community. Um, I think it's something that we need to be aware of um, whether you have children or not, because it's something that will impact our lives at some point. So I definitely see it being something while I'm not um, participating so much per se right now, I, it's something that I want to be knowledgeable about. And I think it's important for all of us to be knowledgeable about. So it's going to be like one of those things, like we barely talk to each other as humans in general nowadays. So by the time our kids are age, you know, we're going to go to these metaverse weddings and dating services. That's, that's, that's how it's going down. Oh, man, because I'm trying to figure out, say, you know, how can like my company, you know, I got a tax company and I see that people's buying real estate and all that stuff. How can like the small guys, the mom and pop shops, especially in our community, get into this? Hmm. I mean, or is it too expensive right now? It, it all depends. I mean, there's three major metaverses in regards to cryptocurrency. Um, there's the Sandbox. There's the central land, and then there's um, Somnium Space Cubes, I believe. Um, but um, I mean, those are very expensive because of, you know, it's scarce, there's, there's scarce land and all that other stuff. But I mean, going back to Nicole's point that the idea behind the, the metaverse is not, it's not new. It's just that with cryptocurrency, it's added this layer of not only scarcity, but then an ability to profit or make money from it. You know, um, I think something that we have to always remember when it comes to like any any of these digital products or any yeah or anything like that, whether it's social media or um or like video games, is that you know we are always the we even though we think we're interacting with a product ultimately we are a product so like in social media you're using using facebook or twitter and it's free but you know we are the product we are being sold in some way shape or form in regards to video games it's always been that you buy the video game and then you play it but then what ended up happening is as things turned more online, whether it be World of Warcraft or Diablo or The Sims, right? People started, people started being sold digital items in these video games for them to have a better experience, not only with the video game, but also with interacting with other players of that video game. And the problem with that is you're paying for a digital item and you can't move it nowhere. You don't have ownership of it. You know, you're using your real money to pay for something that you've already paid for. And, you know, this is where the metaverse kind of equalizes the playing field in a bit um, because now users have access to ownership of in-game items mm. that was 
never possible before, or it, was, it probably was possible, but it was very limited and it was always skewed towards the house. The house always wins, right? And so um, now the metaverses have gained a different um, layer where users are more in control. Now, in terms of pricing and all that stuff is like, well, you know, whoever gets there first gets there first, you know, and then the, the stragglers come in and they pick up the pieces. Um, so for us in our community, I think what I think the best way for us to participate is by utilizing the strength that we've always had over the centuries, which is creativity. We have been, you know, the forefront, the harbingers of art. And that's something that really kind of lacks in the metaverse or in the cryptocurrency space in general, is that like that clearly cultural art that we are known for you know so but i feel like and this is why i kind of don't like when it comes to the metaverse and anything crypto mm -hmm. i feel like especially when it comes to media i'm like i was talking about the media um it'd be like snoop dogg or something like i'm like like why are we even following what they're doing and i, I think that kind of yeah. blinds us because they're not the real people that's going to really get our community forward in this like from behind it i feel like they someone bigger you know maybe a little lighter let me not whatever it's just paying them to talk up their products and boom but they're not really talking about people like y'all your, your tech founders that's doing stuff like this or the people that i'm pretty sure is a lot of african-americans and minorities that are just trying to get into this but it, i feel like we're getting brainwashed like the only people that could take advantage of this is like the jay-z's and the snoop dogg someone popular or you know you're 100 right um, i saw um i saw an artist because i don't want to i don't want to blow up spots i saw an artist that's in the he's like the black poster child of crypto for some odd reason so i went in person to see him talk about crypto this dude knew absolutely nothing it was like i was like why did i waste my time coming here but it was him and four other Let's just keep it real, white people um, in this company, and they did all the talking. And he will be first. Oh, I don't know. Refer to that. I don't know. I'm like, damn. You know, you this here. is probably how it's all going down all the time, man. We're just getting bamboozled, you know? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the media has always played on our um, our desires to kind of look up to these people in these positions and they place them there for a reason you know what I mean mm -hmm. so um it's it's important for us and I, you mentioned this in the last podcast and it's important for us to like really self-educate ourselves and that's I think where we kind of miss the boat a little bit um with learning about this particular um community and how we can participate it's not too late to get into crypto you know cryptocurrency put a little bit into it um, but I think that, you know, it's, uh, it's really interesting how we're, how the media um, impacts our decision-making when it comes to this space and where we fit into it. We do need more real people who have a real understanding of what's going on and be able to break it down. That's why I really like your platform to like break it down into simple terms so that you understand that this isn't something very complicated. It's not something you need a textbook for. It's something that 
you do need to be aware of. Um, we do need to come into this century and understand that this is something that's going to impact our lives, whether we, you know, want to believe it or not. Um, and I don't know if I kind of sidebarred on that, but it, it really made me think about how the marketing has played a part in some hesitation or some interest, but then not the full move into it. Yeah, I don't think people un honestly understands why this is such um, groundbreaking technology. Did it see like, oh yeah, metaverse? I could just have game coins. I'm like, hell no, it's bullshit to that. But um, yeah, and, and and that hurts a lot more people than really it does because a lot of people don't want to hear the so-called boring people that's telling you like, oh, this is why we could do this and this and boom, 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 and and, and it's hurtful when you try to educate people whatever capacity a platform and they always go towards that oh let me go to snoop dogs new nft or something like that but corey i'm going to do something since i know you personally something i'm going to ask you something very hard for you to answer i want you to think about if there was one one crypto thing that black people should think about really like looking into for the next five years what is that one thing? Like you feel like have the most opportunities and thing. One. Uh, put me on the spot. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, um, because you for for hold on, because a lot of times when I do research, they always like oh they always have that that the one year, five year, ten year um um projection. And I always look at that because I'm like I don't know, so I'm like. I want to hear from you, like, what should people, and everybody, is this his personal opinion, don't, you know, drop the bank and well, on whatever he says, but Corey, in your mind, what's the one thing, African-Americans, if they really want to, you know, increase their wealth within this atmosphere, what should it be? Um, well, I'll say to really do research in regards to, um, proof of stake currencies mm. and here's why so when it comes to us in the stock market the stock market really only opened up to the average person like really opened up in a um maybe in like the like the past 15 years right mm -hmm. with the advent of like um you know these online platforms where it just made it really easier for people to get into um stocks before you need to get a broker and there's brokerage fees and blah 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 and all this other stuff and you know what for instance like a, a platform like Robinhood, you know it just really opened the floodgates and it really lowered the bar of entry for everyone to get in now one of the things that people do look for in regards to stocks is they look for stocks that issue dividends mm -hmm. right because the dividends, it's almost like you, it's almost like um, an escape velocity of um, of inflation. So yeah, you you're subject to the you're subject to the um, to the the swing of the stock, mm -hmm. but then if you're holding it, the company's rewarding you for holding onto the stock. You're removing stock out of the pool, and so they're rewarding you for doing that. All right, and people like to they like to um, get stocks that have dividends. In cryptocurrency, you have an analog. You have proof of stake currencies, and what proof of stake is, you have a stake in the network. And for holding a, having a stake in the network, 
the network is rewarding you for removing currency out of circulation, which makes it uh, which makes it more scarce, right? And one of the things that as a community, we've never really benefited from um, from these uh, tips or tricks or um, aspects of you know of the stock market that contributed to a lot of people gaining wealth. Proof of stake currencies are going to be the the new thing or the thing that really solidifies people's wealth or position in a cryptocurrency um, industry and they're relatively cheap and they uh, they appreciate in value and they reward the user for holding on to it right so if there's one thing that I would I would recommend people to get involved in or to do research on is proof of stake currencies proof of stake and we're not talking about stake the food so no. don't don't put proof to stake and talking about well done medium well anything like that um so make sure you got the right term because we don't want to assume but uh definitely and that's going to take a lot of research please notice that he didn't say no particular name no particular product whatever um so and it changes i feel like it changes every day every month um so Yes. So that's just one area that he thinks that you really should look into, but you're going to notice real fast that there's a bunch of different options and all that stuff. So that's when you got to do your own research, know who and who not to trust, know who's just trying to sell you a dream or who just got a, a check to endorse it. That's very important because someone that just got a check to endorse, they don't care whether or not the product is good. The check cleared and they, they already dropped that money. They party on that money. So they don't, you really don't want to listen to them. You want to listen to the people that, you know, is independent and say, you know, and talk about the pros and cons and stuff like that. Cause I believe people, even though we always talk about how we behind and stuff like that, we still could make a great impact. There are millions of brilliant African-Americans, um, people that's trying to break into this um, industry that's doing great things. Like, yes, we don't see them. They're behind the scenes. Green Fire is one of the people. Um, but they out there. They out there. And we as a people need to really look for them because it, it wouldn't take that much to find them because they're out there. Trust me, there's conferences, there's podcasts. You can find them and we got to support them and we got to not just listen to the the Snoop Dogs or the Jay-Z's of the world. We got to listen to those people that we don't hear about, but are out there and we can make a great impact. We can do it for it. And you got to just think about it's just not for you. It's for your family. I got an 11 year old, an eight year old and four year old. And if y'all don't hear them, they screaming behind the scenes. So I'm like, oh my God, I got to end this soon before they just break out the door. You got to think beyond yourself, because a lot of times when I speak to African-Americans, they, they talk about their past and they hurt and they just stop right there. Like, ah, oh, no, this they're going to just do this. And this is why I'm not going to do blah, blah, blah. They rarely talk about the future, the kids, even if you don't have kids, you got nephews, you got neighbors, you got, you know, so just don't think, oh, I'm kidless. I don't have to worry about the future. It affects us all. And um, there are people out there and I feel like the community could definitely make it happen. And we have to really support companies like Green Fire when they come out and they bust their product and their services. We have to support them. Right, guys? What do you think? 
Agree. Uh, additionally, I was going to say, Jamal, um, one thing, too, is that we can't be afraid to fail as well. Like, and Corey can touch on this as well, because he's been in this industry longer than I. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of um, anxiety around like, well, if I invest in it and I lose it, what then? We, we can't be afraid to, to fail and, and have to learn the market and, and understand where we can put our money. And as Corey said, you know, some of these things are fairly cheap if you just can you know miss out on a hair appointment one week or something like that but really yeah. just it doesn't have to be thousands of dollars yeah um it doesn't have to be hundreds it can be a couple of you know 20s 30s and start off small um but it's just not an an industry that we can afford to miss out on and one thing you always learn for any success story whether it's business life family money nobody got to anything great without a lot of failure like, yes, yeah. we only concentrate on when they make it big and also for research, anybody, anybody. And you're going to see a lot of failure, um, but you got to keep on going because that's the hardest part. And I can tell you, yeah, I fail every day. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But people see certain stuff like, oh, nah, Jamal, you do a lot. Like, nah, I fail uh -huh. a lot more. But the thing that and I, and I preach this to my son, the thing that a lot of people don't see is that I get up the next day right. and I, I keep yeah. on going. And you better for it. You know what I mean? Uh, you have to go through these hurdles. It does in life in general. Um, but I just, you know, want to stress with um, the community that, you know, it, we cannot be afraid to fail. We cannot be afraid to um, lose once or twice because um, this is something that that will be around for some time. And, and we can't afford, more importantly, to miss out. Corey, you, want, you have any last words? And then you're going to say more about um, how the people define you? I mean, Nicole really... Um, she dropped the mic on us. Dang, oh, yeah. Nicole. Yeah, oh, man. I was supposed to drop the mic, not her. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> Dropping yeah, bars she, um, on us. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, just to touch back on, touch on a point, you know, um, success always comes with a bit of failure, honestly. You know, everyone they look up you know, every overnight success has years of dragging through the mud, all sorts of nonsense they had to go through to get where they are and, you know, make that overnight success, quote unquote. Um, yeah, for the community, definitely. Um, you know, this is something that we typically tend to be stragglers when it comes to new technology, new anything. And you know, with something like this in the next five years, you know, our financial landscape the world over is going to look very different. Then we can't really keep our trust in the banks like that. Um, you know, ask Wendy Williams, you know, um, you know, we need to be able to take more control over our, over our value, over our wealth. And then, of course, think about our children and our family and our neighbors, you know, um, you know, if you don't do it now, you're you're doing a disservice to the next generation. Mm. More bars dropping. You know what? <laughs> I think one day, I think uh, since I'm trying to do content, I think I really want to do a workshop, a live workshop, whether it's remote or the case. And then we just really hit on the topic of um, our culture and crypto. And it was just be straight, just real talk, like. If you can't handle real talk, that'd be like the worst workshop to go to. And um, and just do it like that. Cause I I, I believe we we need to hear it 
um, sometimes, whether or not it hurts us or not. Um, but this this episode definitely inspired me to finally have something because I was going to do one with this guy for the West Indies. Um, I spoke to one guest and he's trying to promote um, crypto adoption in the West Indies. And, you know, that that has some hurdles. <laughs> if you know, if you have any West Indian family, I'm married to a Jamaican. If you marry any West Indian friends, family, classmates, you know, like, yeah, yeah it's going to take a lot to convince them. But uh, it, they, they making moves and he's he's ready for the fight. So I was like, hey, let's do a, a workshop. I think we should just just do a culture workshop right. and just try to bring people together. But guys, thank you. Just tell people how to find your company. Um, and we're going to do a lot more. And I think I think anytime I talk to them, guys, I think this is going to be real talk with the founders of Green Fire Inc. And we're just going to talk our talk. So let people know how to find y'all, guys. Yep, we're at Green Fire, G-R-E-E-N-F-I-R-E dot I-O. And um, once you go on our website, you can see what we're working on. And you can also uh, register to receive emails from us and um, keep posted on what we're what we're launching and what we're getting ready to do this year. This is about to be our year, 2022. You heard nice. it. And listen, guys, she really did say .io because when I first saw it, I'm like, they must have made a mistake. So I put .com yeah. and I was like on some other site, like, oh my God, my yeah, eyes. Yeah. But um, it's definitely .io. So they didn't make a mistake on that. And then I will have it in um, our descriptions and stuff like that. So we're good. So guys, thank you for taking the time. And Thanks we'll talk much. later. Hold on. Uh...